Hope you had a great Mother's Day weekend. Welcome into a Monday. First hour, as always, presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. They will do great work for you. Heating and air needs. You need those addressed. You got an issue, maybe with your AC or your furnace. Give uh, Tim Lasher and his company a call. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Parker Thune, how was the weekend? Good. Are you a terrible person if you don't call your mom on Mother's Day? Um, semi-terrible, yes. I did. I just wanted, okay. I just well, want to make sure yeah. we were all universally alive. Okay. I was, I was yes. good, about to say, yes, you're totally terrible, but I was trying to do you a favor there. So that's good. Yes, you should always uh, be in contact yes, with Yes, my mother and I FaceTimed, actually. So we went beyond the confines of a traditional phone call. What is your mother's name? I'm going to guess it's uh, Myrtle Thune. <laughs> Steely, my mother's 49. Okay. It's not Myrtle. Then Her it's... name's definitely not Myrtle. Chloe Thune. No, that's younger. Still, yeah, that's a little, little bit too young there. What's your uh, dad's name again? Bob. Bob Thune. Bob and Betty Thune. <laughs> you, went, you went right back to Myrtle territory. <laughs> you went Myrtle, Chloe, and then boom, octogenarian zone once again. All right, Deborah Thune. I reasonably close. Lee is her name. Lee, Lee Thune, Bob and Lee Thune. Okay. Now you have siblings, right? I do. Three younger ones. And and what names? <laughs> just, Ezekiel, Jedediah. We're just doxing my whole family here. <laughs> All right, no more doxing. I won't dox them. All right. So uh, anyway. Man, that was a busy weekend. The Sooner women dominate the Big 12 softball tournament. They will host the NCAA Norman Regional beginning Friday against Hofstra at 4 o'clock at Marita Hines Field on ESPNU. Missouri and Cal afterwards filling out uh, the Norman Regional. I was just talking to uh, OU photo guy Mark over here, and Hofstra is no longer the Flying Dutchman. Because I, I was asking, is Hofstra, are they the Flying Dutch women? No, they're now the Pride. Were they ever the Flying Dutchman? They were the Flying Dutchman back then. That was in the a day. thing? Yes. I don't know when that nickname got removed, but I thought for a minute the Sooners were going to be playing the Flying Dutch women. I had absolutely no knowledge of this, and I now have to turn to Google to figure out whether you're pulling my leg or whether this is yet another indisputable factoid that Mike Steely has pulled from the vast recesses of his brain. There are very, very strange things bouncing around in my brain. It's all in long-term memory. Short-term memory is Cricket City, but long-term memory, there's some interesting stuff Until in 2001. Wow, okay, so I've been alive since It's been Hofstra that long, was, really? Yeah. Why would you go away from the Flying Dutchman? That's a great nickname. Some PC pansy, of course, changed it, I bet. <laughs> Oh, we're already off the rails here on a Monday. Uh, why not? Why not? So the Sooner women's softball team, Haley Lee, most outstanding player. They uh, they dominate. They beat Iowa State 9-zip in a run rule game and beat Texas 6-1. When the Longhorns threaten, the Sooners answer. Like, all right, it's time to get serious. It is time to get serious. And then they won handily. Uh, Sooner baseball, huge weekend. They needed to sweep Gonzaga. They did 5-2 to two Friday, 19-12 Saturday, 9-1 Sunday. UTA at uh, Mitchell Park tomorrow night at 6.30. Got to win that one. And then, uh, you know, you host Oklahoma State Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Winning two of three, winning that series against uh, the Cowboys would be huge. 
You at least need to win one. You've got to beat UTA, and you've got to at least win one. Uh, if you win two against Oklahoma State, win the series, then I think you're feeling pretty good going in to the Big 12 tournament. How about the collapse of the Philadelphia 76ers? That was uh, Doc Rivers, Philly, in a game seven. James Harden had nine points. It was a three-point Celtics lead at halftime, and then Boston outscored Philly 33-10 to in the third quarter. Ten points in the third quarter. Jason Tatum, 51 points. Six of ten from three-point range. Remember, Jason Tatum was so bad in the first three quarters of that game six, it looked like Jason Tatum might cost Boston its season. And now they are moving on to the conference finals where they will host the Miami Heat on Wednesday night. Jason Tatum dropped 51. What was it, less than two weeks ago that Steph had 50 and set the record for most points in a game seven? Now Jason Tatum beats him. Uh, with 51 points yesterday. James Harden looking like he may be a Houston Rocket next year. Doc Rivers, will he be back? Many a question uh, to be thrown out there for the Philadelphia 76ers who uh, are not good in Game 7s. We do not have NBA tonight. We have the Lakers at Denver starting the Western Conference Finals uh, tomorrow night, 7.30 on ESPN. Again, Miami at Boston Wednesday night, Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Championship Series. That will be on TNT, 7.30 Wednesday. We do have an NHL Game 7 tonight, though. That's pretty much it. The Seattle Kraken at the Dallas Stars, 7 o'clock on ESPN Western Conference. Second round series and a seventh game tonight in Dallas. So, live golf in Tulsa. Big success. Big success. Great whether you success. Like, whether you like live golf or not. Now, parts of it were a clown show. The fact that they didn't have – there was a weather delay at Cedar Ridge yesterday, and you ended up with a three-player uh, playoff with DJ Cameron Smith and uh, Brandon Grace, and DJ wins uh, the tournament. But you didn't see what happened down the stretch because their window ran out on the CW, and we got reruns of Family Feud instead of the Live Golf Final on the CW down the stretch. But overall, I thought the attendance was great. Their best-ever U.S.-attended events – in Tulsa, we'll talk to T.J. Eckert about it, his thoughts on what happened coming up at 1235. But the people of uh, Tulsa and the folks at Cedar Ridge did a good job. Yes, there was some winter kill on the golf course. It happens this time of the year when you have a you know winter like we had, and uh, it's hard to prevent that stuff. But overall, I thought it was a, a big success. Um, anyway, Bob Stoops wins a championship over the weekend. The uh, Arlington Renegades get it done against the D.C. Defenders. They were 4-6. and six. Arlington was during the regular season, but they got Luis Perez at quarterback, uh, you know, later in the season, and then they took off, and Bob Stoops wins an XFL championship over the weekend for the Arlington Renegades. Uh, we do have, speaking of golf, the NCAA Norman Regional underway. I need to pull up golf stat. Uh, the Sooners and uh, Ryan Hibble hosting so uh, we'll keep you posted on what's happening there. They got off to a late start because of the weather, but we'll keep you posted on what's happening over at the Jimmy. And we do have the PGA Championship beginning Thursday at Oak Hill Country Club in New York. Uh, Justin Thomas won the PGA last year at Southern Hills. We'll see who wins the, uh, the PGA again beginning on Thursday. Oak Hill, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Where was – gosh, I'm trying to think. This is going back to when I was little, little. I think it was 2006. There's that club up in New York, and I can't remember the name, but Jeff Ogilvy won there over Phil at like eight over. Where was that? That uh, Ogilvy won at Wingfoot, right? Wingfoot. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. 
So okay, there you go. If I that's I think that's correct. Yeah, I remember he chipped in on 17, and then Phil and Colin Montgomery choked on the uh, final hole, and Jeff Ogilvy, one of the most unlikely winners. You know, he's a he was a really good player then, but still, it was an upset that he won that event. See, By the I way, knew if I asked you some random golf history question, you'd know the answer just like that. Oak Hill uh, most recently was known, I believe, for the uh, the Ryder Cup victory. The Americans had that big comeback on Sunday when uh, Justin Leonard hit a big putt and all the wives ran out of the green to celebrate, even though it wasn't completely over yet. It basically was, but it wasn't. And uh, the Euros got very upset about that. But screw them. They're your Euros. <laughs> wow. Sharp and curt dismissal I'm there. just saying, when it comes to the Ryder Cup, you know, the Euros deserve, you know, that's one of the reasons that people don't like Ian Poulter. The Euros had success. And I love Seve Ballesteros, but he was a gamesman, man, during the Ryder Cup. He would cheat and try and bend the rules and do everything. Patrick on the text line says, there was a freeze warning at Oak Hill this morning. Going to be a chilly morning during the week there. Looks now, that he, way. Said, he said chilly morning, C-H-I-L-I. As opposed to C H I L L Y. The good news is, chili, the temperature, and chili, the food, go hand in hand. Chili days mm-hmm. are yeah. also chili days. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. It's one of the, the things I look forward to the most in the winter. We is got chili. A, we got an answer by the way on the uh, on the uh, text line, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine as to why Hoster got rid of the Flying Dutchman um, nickname. And if somebody said, because the Flying Dutchman was the name of a slave ship. So, yes, you don't want to be associated with that. Yes, I can see. You know, I'm thinking about aviation. But, yes, if that is what the Flying Dutchman was all about, then, yes, you don't want to be associated with that for sure. Okay, uh, just getting underway. Um, do we have time to play? Yeah, we have time to play this clip. I don't know why I was putting audio in. we got Patty Gasso. We've got Bob Stoops. We've got... Ryan Hibble, we've got a lot of stuff to get to today, uh, audio-wise, and we've got T.J. Eckert at 1235. We have Jesse Crittenden coming up at 135. But I was digging through some audio today, and I saw a clip that said the Texas monkey incident. And I'm thinking, what was that? I mean, I think I know what it was, but what did I put together for that? So I'm, let's just play this without me knowing. So it's, you have no idea what you're about to hear. No, but I know it's clean. I'm not going to put something tawdry in there, but it just said the Texas monkey incident. So let's roll it and see what it was. Clearly, we're in the midst of the struggle. Sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. That is the Texas monkey incident. My ears. Oh my gosh, yes. Good lord. My ears feel violated, Steely. I was not <laughs> oh, they prepared were. for that. They definitely I were. W- nothing could have prepared me for what I just heard. So that came in the aftermath of the uh, pole assassin and G of the monkey, right? It must have. It wasn't the. Uh, That's the only logical explanation. 
Was that your brain kicking back into gear right there? I don't know what that was. Yes, I, I do that when I'm searching, I think. Did the Texas monkey incident scramble your cognitive circuits? <laughs> Jesse G., I thought Rick Smith was the Flying Dutchman. No, he was the Duncan Dutchman. He was the Duncan Dutchman. Rick Smith went to Marist College, but he was, you know, Dutch, so he was the Duncan Dutchman. All right, uh, so there you have it, the Texas Monkey incident from the uh, archives. That was a fun time, though. Was it? Who was it? The special teams coach who was dating Jeff Banks, the pole assassin yeah. who had Gia the Monkey interact. Yeah, I think that's how that. Wh- how long ago was that? Was that the summer of 2021? Was that before you and I? No, 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 no. Here's what it was. It was a few weeks into the season in 2021. It must have been September, October of 2021. Because the wheels were starting to come off, and then, you know, Caleb Williams fired a bazooka onto the 40 acres in the Red River Showdown. But so that came after the Red River Showdown? I can't remember if it was after or whether it was before. Mm-hmm. It was around the same time, to my recollection. I remember that Steve Sarkeesian was asked a question about it during the press conference, and that's when I knew, man. <laughs> Can you imagine Bob Stoops? First of all, never would have happened during the Stoops regime. Nobody would have been dating a stripper with a pet monkey. But, hey, Bob, this uh, monkey situation, your special team. Hey, we're not going to talk about that, all right? So anyway, all right, guys, have a great day. We'll see you. All right, Bob Stoops, XFL champion, by the way. All right, we should break right here. Is this how it's going to go today? It was around Halloween. Oh, it was Halloween, said the 918. Thank you. So it was like three weeks after then. Wow. Now all these people again. Man, look out for Texas. Urban Meyer says they may have the best roster in college football. The hype train is already headed down the tracks. And the wheels were falling off for Texas, and the wheels were falling off for Urban Meyer on virtually the same timetable, too. 2021 was yeah. a wild year. True that. All right, we'll take a break. Coming right back, we'll head to the text line next. All right, right before we get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line on this Monday, by the way, I hope everybody had a great Mother's Day weekend. Thank you, moms everywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's hear from our Queen Patty Gasso on the Sooner Women hosting the Norman Regional beginning Friday, 4 o'clock against Hofstra on ESPNU, Missouri and Cal afterwards. Uh, and again, that would probably start around uh, 6.30, maybe 6.45. Here is what uh, Patty said on the strength of the Norman Regional. One thing I'd say is both teams uh, in the way of Cal and Missouri, both playing good conferences, play tough competition. And they have good history in their programs. So um, that is a challenge without question. So um, I don't know that we get a lot of favors as number one, but we're ready. We'll be ready. Oh, yeah. They'll be ready. There's no doubt. No mention of Hofstra there. I guess Patty's not too worried about Hofstra. Probably not. Because Hofstra is East Popcorn State, basically. That's right. But, you know, Patty doesn't want her players thinking that. No. I love Bob when he referenced East Popcorn State. That was so good. East Popcorn State. We need a T-shirt for East Popcorn State. Somebody can come up with that, I'm sure. Anyway, uh, probably about 20 years too late, but hey. All right. Uh, I was laughing because I was listening to Plank this morning, filling in for T-Row. 
And uh, so Plank, you know, he's on 95 different networks. So he was doing, uh, you know, the the unveiling of the bracket and breaking down the bracket. They had Patty on on Sirius XM College Sports Radio. So Plank was kind of going about it as a professional would. You know, he's not, hey, coach, how you do? You know, uh, he's he's playing a non-homer role in this interview. So they get to the end of the interview, and uh, Patty came after Plank just a little bit in a kidding way, but I thought this was really good. Here's Plank asking Patty a question during their interview on Sirius XM College Sports Radio last night, and I thought it was an interesting response. Feeling pretty good about the way this team as a whole is playing right now and coming together? Yeah, so, hey, am I supposed to act like I don't know you or what? <laughs> Can I... Because you're talking to me like you don't I'm, know me. Well, no, but see, I just, I'm trying to keep it very general, you know, so we're not like drilling in and I'm not nerding out such about. a professional you know, coach. I, I mean, you know. It's all about Haley Lee's slide <laughs> and you running down the third baseline with her. I mean, these are all the things that I want to talk about, but I'm just trying to make sure everyone truly knows how hard this team is working. Dude, is so serious. Who is this? <laughs> Am I supposed to talk to you like I don't know you? Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, 405. By the way, that's our Ortho Central clip of the day presented by our friends at Ortho Central. You've known about the clinics in Norman, Midwest City for a long time now. Now they've got the uh, Tri-City location, Newcastle, Tuttle and Blanchard. These full-service clinics do an unbelievable job treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Later in the show, we'll rank the aggregators. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for dynamic radio. Are you the ready? Aggregators? Are you ready to rank the aggregators? Oh boy, this is going to get me in trouble. No, I'm probably not. I saw a dude who popped up on YouTube. I was looking around for stuff uh, last week, and uh, fine, you, uh, fine young man, I'm sure. But he definitely was one of those who looked like he was broadcasting from his mom's basement. Maybe hasn't seen the sun in years. You'll find a lot of those and people residing on YouTube. And was talking about how through his sources, he's ready to predict that so-and-so is going to be going here or there. Well, <laughs> and I'm thinking, I, listen, you I, haven't talked to anybody outside of your mom. I, I have absolutely no idea who you're referring to right now. I have no... I, that, that could be 20 different people. But I'm going to venture a guess and say that his sources are you... <laughs> You or someone Drum, in my or, line of work, or maybe Josh McQuistion, but it, definitely this guy. I don't know if he owns a cell phone, and he was young. And all hey, go for it. I, I'm saying you know there are a lot of opportunities out there, but I'm like you don't have sources. You're listening to the radio or a podcast and writing it down. So we're going to rank the aggregators later. Probably not. Would you be interested in that segment? The hosting? No. That would have to be. Now the host of Rank the Aggregators, Parker Thune. That would have to be a Steel Man and Thune after dark segment. I'd have to be several glasses of chocolate milk deep Explain to even entertain that. aggregation to the uh, common people. Aggregation in general mm -hmm. is – how would you categorize it, Steely? To me, aggregation is taking any information that didn't originate with you and trying to make it and your own, putting it out there. Yeah, and and trying to spin it as if it's your own. In a lot of cases, not every case, but that's what the aggregators do, right? Yes. For instance, 
if I were to, and uh, this happens, right? I put out that so-and-so is perfect example. I think it was yesterday that I reported Michael Boganowski is taking his official visit for the champion barbecue at Oklahoma. Immediately, and I don't know that this happened because I haven't been on Twitter a whole lot since yesterday, but generally, one of us reports that kind of thing. What you then have is a zillion randos and podcasts and fan accounts putting out pictures and homemade edits of this player saying, Michael Boganowski's visiting Oklahoma for the Champ U Barbecue. Retweet if you want to see him in the Crimson and Cream. So the aggregators, they take that information, they're like piranhas all over it. Yes. Or, or like flies at a picnic or ants at a picnic. They just converge on it and try and make it their own. Yes, and it's very, very evident who those people are. When, for instance, I put out something like I did with Michael Boganowski, and I don't put it on any social media platform. I only publish it behind a paywall on the website. So the so. aggregators scale the paywall, too. Yeah, or they're just, saying. yes, or they've infiltrated it mm-hmm. via their funds. Mm, very interesting. Very interesting. All right, uh, let's see. One, let's get a couple in. Uh, Dylan Riola, by the way, Zadavian Sims announcement. I know you're predicting Oklahoma's happening this Saturday. And Georgia gets a commitment from Dylan Riola, right? And... Does that kind of change things up a little bit for Georgia? Because Jake Fromm was a decent quarterback. Stetson Bennett, even though he was in college for seven years, didn't get his degree apparently. Serviceable, you know, decent quarterback. But this puts them on a different level. It's the best quarterback they've had since Justin Fields was on campus. There's, no, there's a very, right? very good chance when you think about the less than decorated history of the quarterback position at the University of Georgia – there's a very good chance Dylan Riola leaves the University of Georgia as the best quarterback that's ever worn that uniform. And because that Matthew kid, Stafford would be the most recent, right? I would say so. That kid would have had a serious case for number one overall prospect in the country if he'd been class of 2023. And that came out within the last hour that uh, Dylan Riola is committed or has committed to the University of Georgia. So what did we say a, while, yeah. a long time ago? Georgia's not going anywhere. Not for a while. Not as long as Kirby Smart's there. What do you think? Is Stetson Bennett really seven years on campus? And Do we know for sure that he didn't get a degree or he just didn't? I mean, Jalen Hurts, look what Jalen Hurts did this weekend. Walked in the ceremony at the University of Oklahoma getting his master's degree. That is awesome. Like I said, whatever that kid wants to accomplish and he sets his mind to, he's going to accomplish it. That's the kind of kid he is. He's not really a kid anymore, but you know. The damn aggregator the damn aggregators have a lot of free time. A lot more than me, says True Sooner. True? That's true. No, it is very true. That is true, true sooner. That's true. Very Indubitably true. true. All right, break time. Let's come back. Gonna talk a little uh, live golf for a few minutes with uh, TJ Eckert. I want to get his TJ's a big golfer. Um, you know, I saw he was out there all weekend. Just what the atmosphere was like. Is it a complete clown show? Is it a real deal? What do you think? We'll hear what TJ has to say, and we'll get back to your text here in a little bit. Stay with us here. Steelman and Thune, a Monday edition right here on The Ref. All 
All right, we're going to bring in uh, our friend T.J. Eckert on the Riverwind Casino Hotline here in just one second. But Dustin Johnson won the Live Golf events at uh, Cedar Ridge in Tulsa yesterday. Three-man playoff. He uh, outlasts Cameron Smith and uh, Brandon Grace and uh, wins it. Rounds of 63, 63, 67 for D.J., who said he was uh, very pleased with the fan turnout for Live Tulsa. No doubt. I think the folks at Cedar Ridge did a great job, and uh, golf fans uh, came out in force and supported the event. Here's Brendan Grace, who, again, uh, Brendan Grace lost out in the playoff, but uh, also agrees with DJ. The crowds were great. You know, this week has been great. I think it's, in my eyes, it's definitely been the the biggest fan turnaround in, um, turnout in, in the States that we've had. Um, it was awesome. You know, yesterday was amazing. Today was good, like DJ said, until the weather came in. But all in all, you know, the guys sticked around right to the end. And, um, you know, that's what makes events like this special. All right, let's bring TJ in. TJ Eckert, you were out there, did a great job covering it. Uh, what were your overall impressions of a live event? Yeah, so it was... I put it on social media afterwards. It, it was different. I mean, that's just the best way you can describe it. Uh, for, for me, for just being a golf fan, it, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Got to see some of the game's best in a much more, you know, uh, laid-back setting, uh, a much more, you know, chill vibe. These guys, there was not as many people out there. Great crowds all week long. They did a great job at Cedar Ridge. It was probably... You know, they expected 10,000 a day. I think they exceeded that the first two days pretty well. And then third uh, Mother's Day yesterday, Sunday, kind of skewed with, with the rain delay and all that stuff, but had great crowds. Um, the, the I mentioned the vibe. It's completely different from the PGA. So if anybody went to the PGA last year, it's the exact opposite of, of the PGA Championship. You know, there's music everywhere. Guys are wearing shorts. Obviously, the shotgun start was, was made a big difference as well. But overall, it was... Again, as a golf fan, you, you got to watch some of the game's best up close and personal without too much obstruction, without you know having the 30,000 fans that are there at the PGA. So uh, it, was, it was a good time, and people seemed to enjoy it. Well, let me ask you, TJ, being a guy that spends a great deal of time on the golf course, what are the pros and the cons of the live golf environment versus what a lot of folks will be accustomed to with the PGA? Yeah, so Parker, I think it, 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 what they've done is they've appealed to uh, another subset of golf fans, kind of the the guys that go, the guys and girls that go out and play uh, with their buddies and have music in the carts and and might be enjoying a libation or two. I think I think this is the crowd that tour appeals to, and that's and that's what Liv did, in my opinion, this week. So the pros for me were first off, there's been debate on whether the shotgun starts good or bad. I think it's great from both a fan perspective and a media perspective. From the fans' point of view, you're not out there for 13, 14, 15 hours watching golf. You're you're there for five, and you get to see all the players. You get to see them all in the same weather, um, and then you're out of there. And like at, being at noon, you don't have to wake up super early, and you don't have to stay out super late. So I think the shotgun start was a, was a big plus for me. Uh, the small field was good, too. You weren't overwhelmed by trying to figure out who you're going to watch with a 140-man field. So I enjoyed that part of it. Uh, I will one of the cons I had just to keep it brief uh, that they really push hard the team element, which I think is a good idea. I think the team thing is different, like everything else they're trying to do, but they don't do a good job for the viewer on the course, in my opinion, of of kind of pushing that. There's leaderboards there every once in a while out there, but they don't have like a consistent team leaderboard. They kind of switch back and forth, which is fine. 
But if you want us to follow the team setting, then you need to make it a little bit easier to follow on the golf course. They do a good job of it on, on, the, on the telecast, on the stream, but out there on the golf course, it was kind of hard to follow. T.J. Eckert, our guest, he uh, covered the uh, Live Golf event at Cedar Ridge in Tulsa. Again, it was the uh, best-attended American event. Uh, and, again, I think uh, Cedar Ridge did a fantastic job overall. Um, what would you say, T.J., five years down the road, is golf going to look more like the Live Tour or the PGA Tour? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think that the problem with right now the, the climate in golf steel is, is everything's so divisive. Like you have to like one or you have to like the other. And in my opinion, and this is kind of what I've been telling people, is that these two can coexist if they would let them. Like I think I think you can enjoy both tours. I, I think there's a place for both. Like I think there's a place for guys who, you know, are looking for a little bit something different. Guys like a Phil who are towards maybe the end of their career and, and just looking to play a few tournaments here and there and, and travel a little bit. Uh, guys who are coming out of college and want to make a quick paycheck and, and hop over to live and, and do it that way. So I think that I think there's a place for both. I, I still think that traditional golf will probably will probably hold the the if there's a power struggle it'll, it'll probably hold it. But I don't think and I might be wrong. I'm not sure that Greg Norman was starting this tour to completely replace the PGA Tour. I could be wrong. That might be that may have been his ultimate goal. But he, his initial plan was to have it run alongside the PGA Tour and have it as an option for players to do both. And so uh, I still think that the traditional way of golf, like there's no way we'll see, I don't say no way, it's very unlikely we see club music bouncing around at Augusta National, right? Like I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> no, uh, the, majors, no. the majors will stay traditional. Um, so I think that's still going to be the case for the majority of golf. But this is a nice option for people who want something different. All right, TJ, we're going to put your golf trivia knowledge to the test and see if you can oh. stack up to the steel man. 2006, Jeff Ogilvie wins his first and only major over Phil Mickelson and Colin Montgomery at which golf course? Uh, 06. That was when Phil blew his drive left. I can mm-hmm. picture that. Colin um, Montgomery choked, too. Yes, Colin Montgomery choked. Uh, was that winged foot? Winged foot. Ding, ding, TJ ding. knows his stuff. Yeah. Yes. And that was where the famous massacre occurred. I think it was the year that Hale Irwin won, the winged foot massacre, when they, I mean, that course destroyed That's the right. entire field. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, real quick, before we let you go, um, did you get some uh, stuff in the pro shop? Do, the, do like the range goats, do they have huh. hats for the teams and everything on sale there? Yeah, so there's another – I'm glad you brought that up because that's another con that I will throw to Parker's earlier question. So the merchandise tent, again, it's so unfair. It's hard to compare PGA Tour or PGA of America majors to live because Liv's just starting. But last year, if you guys came to the PGA Championship, it was like a shopping mall for the merchandise tent. It was massive. It took up a lot of space. This was like a little uh, little hut on the side of the golf course. It was, like, it was near the entrance, but it was really small, not a lot of selections. The logos aren't my favorite, and so and and then you're also it's brand new, so it's hard. They're pushing the team thing, so it's hard to really be a fan of a team when the teams are just starting out, right? It's kind of mm, like XFL yeah. teams, kind of you're having a hard time really buying into the team. So that was a disappointment to me. A lot of it was was team branded, and then the stuff that wasn't team branded was was live, and they're they're kind of ugly. And the the cherry on top, everything was expensive. Hats were forty bucks. There were polos for like hundred and ten bucks. So it was 
it was hard to, to find something. We did, as media, get $50 gift cards, so I did. I bought a Crushers hat because I thought that was the best logo, Bryson's team. It was a white hat with the Crushers logo. It's not too bad. There you go. Well, nothing uh, can top the Augusta National Pro Shop. That oh. is the best. I mean, you, you hear heavenly music once you walk in. It's amazing. It's <laughs> well, you hear something different at Live. It was uh, a yeah. mix between, uh, <laughs> uh, between like, uh, I don't even know who it is. Who are the who are the popular uh, the the house music bands nowadays? I don't even know who they are. That's what we're listening. To. Well, I know that Patrick was complaining. He said every other live event got the chain smokers. We got Laney Wilson. <laughs> Heart like a truck was pounding throughout the uh, the Cedar Ridge driving range. Well, if you had the chain smokers with Halsey, of course, uh, now that would have been awesome. All right, TJ, we appreciate it. Your uh, your duties are done for the week. Thank All you. right. Calling it a week early. Appreciate that. Thanks, Appreciate guys. you. Thank you, TJ Ecker, joining us. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I am looking right now at the Norman Regional at the Jimmy Austin Golf Club. And the uh, the lettering and the numbers are very small. But thanks to Dr. Bellardo, even this old man right here can see the scores. Sooners leading the way at 500 par currently. Alabama second, four under par. Duke is third at three under par, tied for fourth. North Carolina, Ole Miss, and Wake Forest all at two under. Uh, actually, the top seed in the region, Texas Tech, is one under par. They're early. They got off start uh, started late today at the Jimmy. But, uh, by the way, so if you want to eliminate, like, reading glasses or whatever and you can't see small print, you need to visit my guy, Dr. Bellardo at Advanced Laser Center. I've known him for years and years and years. Totally trust him. They've got a group of professionals there that are super cool. Very comfortable environment. Go check him out. See if you qualify for lens replacement or cataract surgery from the experts at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Dr. Bellardo and his team, they've been the leaders in vision correction for over 20 years now. I got Eagle Vision. Uh, in the early 2000s, it kept lasting. A little bit of adjustment, you know, you're going to expect way down the road. But it lasted me, and I was I was letting the eagle soar for about 15-plus years. Getting a little correction done, helping out, 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo, Or you can just go to alcok.com. Like they always say, if you want to see far and you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Coming right back to the text line next here on The Ref. All right, back with you. Riverwind Casino gave away a bunch of cash and bonus play over the weekend in the 15K momentous occasions promotion. A lot of lucky patrons leaving very happy with cash and bonus play always. A great opportunity for you to win at Riverwind Casino, and we are winning with indoor and outdoor concerts. Coming up, Beats and Bites, again, a week from this Saturday night, May 27th, 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult will be the first show out for Beats and Bites 2023, presented by Coop Aleworks. June 10th, Jen Blossoms and Tonic. July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shannon Doan, Tracy Bird. August 26th, it'll be Gary Allen. We talked about the shows that are also coming back to the Showplace Theater. It'll be uh, the first show in over three years when Earth, Wind, and Fire hits the stage June 23rd. In July, we have shows from Collective Soul, Josh Turner, Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian. Uh, Dwight Yoakam and Counting Crows will be on the stage in August. Separate shows. Uh, REO Speedwagon, September 8th. Chicago, September 15th. New shows just booked for Foreigner on the Greatest Hits Tour. Rodney Carrington and Aaron Lewis. And we're just getting started. Shows are back at the Showplace Theater. 
and that is uh, awesome. You can get your tickets online at riverwind.com or at the casino box office right outside the Showplace Theater. Keep in mind, those uh, tickets are only 10 bucks a piece for the Beats and Bites shows. So get out there and see 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult on May 27th out at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. All right, let's get to as many texts as we can before we wrap up hour number one. Recruiting update and more coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, somebody, you know, I mentioned Michael Boganowski earlier in the, uh, earlier in the hour and somebody in the 708 asked Parker is Michigan no longer in the BOGO sweepstakes. Yeah. Uh, Michael Boganowski, uh, I guess we're going, we're going to call him BOGO from now on, which mm-hmm. also happens to be Steely's favorite wing sauce. So I am very tasty. Out. Uh, but yeah, he does not have an official visit planned to Michigan right now. His OVs that, it, that are on the schedule for the month of June, are Stanford the first weekend of the month and Oklahoma for the Champion Barbecue weekend, June 16th through the 18th. Those are the ones that are locked down with dates on the calendar. Two other visits that he intends to make in the month of June are Kansas State and Washington. So those may be the only official visits that he takes. There you go. He, he Boganowski is, is kind of a Big Ten sounding last name, though. Yes, it is. Does Very it? much is. Right? I mean, oh, you or, had, a, you know, oh, you had of, an Aaron Ripkowski, though. Yeah, you know, Boganowski, if you didn't know any better, you'd think that that kid wears one of the giant neck collars mm-hmm. and plays yes. middle linebacker at Kansas State. Welcome to the school of conference stereotyping based on a last name. But, hey, I'm just saying it sounds like a Penn State. Like, Phil Pachotti sounds like a Penn State name to me somewhat. Yeah, which is why it was so hard to believe that he was coming to OU. <laughs> True that. True that. You know, we knew OU was in a good spot, but until Penn State was left out of the top four, we were like, he's got to be a Nittany Lion, right? Right? Sounds very Nittany Lion-ish. All right, so we're going to update you on a Zadavian Sims. Uh, Dylan Riola committed to Georgia today. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what else is happening with the other recruits, but I don't want to give you a, a two-and-a-half-minute version of that, but we will get to that at the top of the hour. All right, 405 651 and uh, we, ladies and gentlemen, are uh, ready to talk about whatever you want to talk about. From the 405, haven't gotten to hear what's going on with Bryant Wesco. He's actually not going to OV to Oklahoma in June. No champion barbecue? No champion barbecue. He's coming for dessert now, or what? Now, in talking to a source that is very well placed on the matter earlier this morning, here's what I was told about the situation with OU and Wesco. Uh, especially with the fact that Wesco's sister plays soccer at Oklahoma, and I know she's in the transfer portal right now, but that's really not where I'm going. The point is, he's spent a ton of time on and around the campus of the University of Oklahoma. So, apparently his mom wants him to see some different schools. He's going to OV to Clemson. He's going to OV to LSU. He's got a couple others on the slate, but Oklahoma is not one of those that's on the schedule for the month of June. OU is still widely considered to be the leader in the race for Wesco. Everything still points in that direction as of right now, but he is not going to OV with OU in the month of June. People in and around the Switzer Center, not too worried about it, though. So that is where things stand at the moment. From the 918, Steely, I got to talk to Craig Humphreys at the Live Golf Tournament last weekend, and he just raved about what a good guy you are. Well, that's really nice. I love Craig. I love his family. He's he's um, he's a great dude. And uh, so, yeah, Craig is one of the best, absolute best humans out there. 
Gunny of Stutzman Army asks, Parker, when are you going to appoint me Chief Good Times Officer of Thune's Goons? Well, Gunny, I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking my imaginary left-handed cigar and tapping you on both shoulders. You are appointed. There you go. Add the title to your Twitter bio. Why don't we make Gunny Chief and Chong of the Thune's Goons? Is that a reference to a movie I haven't seen? Cheech and Chong. He's Chief and Chong. See, there goes the airline, ladies and gentlemen. Steelman Airlines flying right over his head again. Older reference lost on younger co-host. Co-host. Oh, co-host. From the 405, is the Champion Barbecue only OVs or also UVs coming? It wouldn't shock me if you see a few unofficial visitors that weekend just kind of tagging along with their buddies on officials at Oklahoma. But the primary purpose of the Champion Barbecue is to get guys in for their official visit experience together. So the vast majority, if not the entirety of the visits that will happen on the weekend of June 16th through the 18th will be official visits. There you go. All right. We want to thank our friend Tim Lasher for uh, sponsoring our first hour. Not Tim individually, but his incredible company, Lasher Home comfort systems that uh, ac man you know if it's a seasoned veteran you want to make sure and make sure that uh, you get that veteran ready in good shape for the summer months get that tune up now 405-579-3113 that's 405-579-3113 at lasher home comfort systems we'll start in recruiting and stay there the whole segment when we get back Yes, here we are, hour number two getting in our way. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Sooners, six under par, Alabama in second place at five under. Opening round of the uh, NCAA Norman Regional over at the Jimmy. North Florida and Colorado tied for third. And the uh, top seed in this regional is Texas Tech, and they're currently tied for ninth at even par. They're very early playing the front nine, but uh, Ryan Hibble and the Sooners have a lead over Alabama right now. Ryan Hibble has done an unbelievable job. No doubt about it. Okay. Parker Thunes at Avian Sims. Uh, Saturday, you are uh, out there. You put it out there, and you've pretty much been leaning in this direction for a while. That's at Avian Sims is going to announce for Oklahoma. What time is the announcement? Do we know? That is a great question. I do not believe we know for sure yet. That is in the process of being ironed out, I'm told, because it's going to be a televised announcement. But mm, so are you going to have to go down there and do rant? I will not be the one doing the televised announcement. But, okay. yes, I will be down there and do rant. You can hunt for Bigfoot. Go there early and, you know, head down there. Maybe you'll find uh, Bigfoot. And then, see – you could get a great interview with Zadavian Sims, as I'm sure you will I afterwards. I feel like Durant is – sorry, Durant is Bigfoot territory. I feel like Bigfoot territory is out in the mountains, like Atoka. I don't know. I think that there have been some Bigfoot sightings down there in Durant, if I'm not mistaken. Let us know, Duranters. Like antlers. Antlers got to be the type of place where you'd see Bigfoot. What kind of monsters do we have in Oklahoma? Well, 
Brian Walters. Um, <laughs> Whoa! Uh, no, political I'm, statement <laughs> from Mike Steele. I couldn't help it. The door was right there. I'm just saying. Chuck, you're right. That joke did go up in smoke. I got the Cheech and Chong reference. Very nice. Well done, sir. Uh, played golf at Kingston. Good stuff. The uh, But did we have, like, there was a, in Arkansas, there was, like, the uh, the Boggy Creek monster was there. The Boggy Creek Monster. The legend of the Boggy Creek Monster in Oklahoma. I don't know. Do we have any? Like, we've got a rumor of an octopus in uh, Lake Thunderbird. An octopus. There's a giant octopus. I think it's nothing but an urban legend, but um, that's been out there. But I'm trying to think if we have any other, like, legends of monsters anywhere in Oklahoma. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Jamie and White House on the text line says, can confirm Bigfoot is an antlers. My aunt lives there. Ah, there you go, Jamie. Jamie's been on the Bigfoot search for a long time, I'm sure. Gunny of Stutzman Army says, last time I've been to Atoka was about three hours ago. That was a great comment, Steely. I couldn't help myself. I hate doing that, but, it, you know, anyway. Antlers and Hugo are the butt crack of Oklahoma, says Sooner Gundy. I've only been through antlers once. I'm trying to think if I've ever been through Hugo. Um, I don't think I've been to antlers. I've been to the antlers parade once when I was working in TV. Small market skinwalkers. <laughs> oh, here we go. Now this it'll just feed the fire. It was one stupid comment. It was just a joke because the opening was there. People, uh, somebody on the uh, somebody in the four hundred five said Crocs in southeast Oklahoma by Broken Bow. I think those those are actually alligators, but yes, there are alligators in McCurtain County. I'm stupid. So what is the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Semantics. Okay, that's really the only. They're both giant armored reptiles that are evil and mean. Were they around at the time of the dinosaurs? Probably. In some shape or form. Because if you've survived from the uh, dinosaur days, like, weren't certain kinds of sharks around or it's close to dinosaur days, then you, you're probably, you don't want to encounter anything that has survived that long. I would not have done well back in the days of the dinosaurs, I can tell you that. No central heat and air. No real soap. Big Bad Wolf on the text line says, The octopus is real. I've seen it with my own eyes. Might have been tripping, though. <laughs> Might have been tripping. <laughs> oh, somebody in the 405 oh, said, Can't geez. get to Maud without going through Bowlegs. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's kind of an old hillbilly joke, but you know what? It still rings pretty good. Pretty true. The snout is how you tell them apart. Crocs have a narrow snout. Gators have a wide, shorter snout. Alligator is see you later. Crocodile is after a while. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Very nice. Bumpy Road says, listening live from Spavanaugh Wildlife Management Area. Really? Then you can tell us, Bumpy Roads, if there are any monsters in the state of Oklahoma. Like legends or creatures. I don't know, but I'm looking for like an urban legend. An urban legend. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like there are a lot of urban legends down in McCurtain County. I feel like McCurtain County <laughs> is where a lot of the wilder stuff happens in this state. By the way, we're still supposed to be talking recruiting. How did we get thrown off this? Now we're talking about Bigfoot and an octopus in Lake Thunderbird. How did we get off on this? I don't know. I, I can't even remember. You you. Why why were you talking about Bigfoot in the first place? I forget. Because you're going to Durant. That's and right. There are yes. rumors that Bigfoot hangs out in so Durant. So we started talking recruiting, and now here we are. Here we are talking about the butt crack of Oklahoma and crocodiles. Colin KC, the stomach ache after eating a Murphy's hot hamburger is a monster, but delicious nonetheless. You ever had one? A Murphy's hot hamburger? No, I haven't. I haven't either. Sounds good, though. What do I get one? I'm assuming Murphy's. Murphy's but yeah. what, what, what is, where is Murphy's? I can't say that I've ever seen Murphy's. Steely Gundy is. said, Steely <laughs> is an urban legend. Oh, my gosh. All right, so uh, basically you did put out today the Arkansas River Ape Man. There's an ape man over by the Arkansas River. That, I haven't heard that one yet. Supposed to be a man-eating catfish in Texoma. Have you er- heard the urban legend of Texas being back? <laughs> Oaky drink slinger. Pretty good. Not bad. Okay, uh, before any recruiting uh, gurus or uh, recruiting aficionados get angry, Zadavians Or aggregators. Or aggregators, because they're waiting on your information to write it down so they can turn on their YouTube in their mom's basement and put it out as their own. <laughs> It's mom's basement always, right? It's never dad's basement. It's always in the mom's no, because dad dad ain't letting you live in his basement. Well, that's true. That's true. He wants you to go out there and be a man and participate. So anyway, anyway, what was the question? So Damian Sims, you're still saying you are. You've got your prediction out there for OU, and again, you said last week. I think it was ten out of ten on the shock factor. If it's not Oklahoma, and it's down to Oklahoma, Oregon, right? In your opinion. Yeah, feeling like an Oklahoma-Oregon battle, and Oklahoma definitely has the inside track because of proximity and because the people closest to Zadavian Sims want to keep him closer to home. And with that in mind, yes, he really likes Oregon. His family is not as enthusiastic about Oregon. Todd Bates and the OU staff have prioritized him for quite a while. Todd Bates offered him at the 2022 spring game I'm fairly certain that was the only offer that they handed out on the field that day really they offered Logan Howland while he was on a visit that day they may have made a few more offers but I remember very specifically Zadavian Sims getting his offer while he was on the field at the spring game that's good insight all right so Zadavian Sims, if you get Zadavian Sims, four-star out of Durant this Saturday, as expected, could that be the first domino uh, with David Stone on the way, uh, Williams Winery on the way, maybe Nigel Smith on the way? Do you expect that those guys um, are all – all those guys know each other, all those guys have an idea where they're heading – or at least on visits right now, would that speed up the process of maybe getting a couple of these other guys? It could, but I think the early surge for Oklahoma has honestly, like, the early surge has exceeded expectations. If you'll recall, Steely, back in January and February, uh, 
my take on it was I think you have five or six commitments before official visit season. The Sooners are on the verge of getting their seventh before OVs roll around. So if they lock down Zadavian Sims, this early surge for the Sooners is actually pretty impressive, all things considered. And based on what our expectations were several months ago for where Oklahoma was going to be heading into OV season, you have to be impressed with what the staff has been able to do so far. But I still think the majority of these guys are going to want to take their official visits before they decide. And so similar to last year, I think you will see the second wave coming at the beginning to the middle of the month of July. That is when the majority of these announcements will drop. From the 580, the football brainiacs have the Sims going to Oregon. I'm not going to say anything that's going to get me in trouble or create beef. So I'm just going to say I disagree. You want me to say it? Are you saying they aren't brainiacs? <laughs> well, I again, you said it, I didn't. So we'll see. I mean, we'll find out Saturday, right? We certainly will. It's funny you said winged foot earlier. What? What's the previous one to that? I hate when those go out of Oh, okay. It's a tweet from No Laying Up saying, Feedback received from players on O'Kill so far. Great if you can carry it 320 and reminds me of winged foot. It's going to be a... It's going to be a tough course. You know, it's not going to have a U.S. Open kind of setup at Oak Hill this week, but it's still going to be tough. That's traditionally really more of a U.S. Open course. So, at any time, you know, uh, it's going to be somewhat difficult. On the topic of urban legends, this comes to the text line from Jim in Arlington. Okay. There is the legend of Boggy Bottom Monster near Caney, Oklahoma, 20 miles north of Durant off Highway 69. Nice. A woman in Caney, Jackie Marlowe, was so frightened by seeing it, she had to be taken away by ambulance. July 18th, 2006, and there's a link to a story from the Oklahoman. See, I there was a Boggy Creek monster in the Arkansas area uh, because there was like a documentary film made about it. So maybe yeah. the Boggy, that, what was it, the Boggy Bottom Monster? Yeah, I was about to say, you ran into a Boggy Bottom Monster at Lake Thunderbird. <laughs> yes. Oh, that that sounds like a monster with IBS, irritable bowel syndrome or something. The Boggy Bottom Monster. Yeah, she definitely want to run from that dude. No doubt. Okay. Uh, we want to take a quick break right here. We do have, on the way, Jesse Crittenden will talk uh, Sooner sports, a lot about softball. Sooner women, uh, they are like as big a favorite as you can possibly be to win the NCAA softball championship. It all gets underway officially Friday at 4 o'clock, Oklahoma against Hofstra in the Norman Regional. Coming up again on Friday, Missouri and Cal will battle 30 minutes after the conclusion of that first game. But Patty's dynasty expected to win another natty. I mean, it's it's almost natty or bust now. They're so good. Stay with us. Coming right back. Okay, welcome back. Good to have you with us here on a Monday. Suter softball next in action in the uh, Norman Regional. Hosting, obviously. They'll take on Hofstra, 4 o'clock on Friday. That'll be an ESPNU telecast. Missouri and Cal, 30 minutes after the conclusion of that uh, game. If OU wins the regional, (laughs) 
They will host uh, the Super Regional with the winner of the Clemson Regional. Did you laugh because? If the OU wins, uh-huh. please. So you're not buying the uh, – you're not taking the uh, Vegas spread on Hofstra? You're no. not going Hofstra to win outright? Yes. I'm not going with Hofstra to win outright. I'm not I'm, – I'm taking OU – I'm taking OU domination. Wow, so Goliath over David, huh? Oh, yes. David has no shot. Zero. Uh, the Sooner baseball team in action again, coming up against UT Arlington. That'll be uh, tomorrow night, 630 at Mitchell Park. They will host the Cowboys for Bedlam uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday games at 630. And uh, the game on Saturday will be a 4 o'clock start for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. This is a Sooner weekly update schedule-wise is brought to you by our friends at Wade Electric, your trusted electrical experts for your home or business. Contact them at 405-329-1940. That's 405-329-1940. Okay, uh, any, other, any other rumors or anything circulating concerning potential OU recruits? Uh, any other insight that you're able to gather Intel-wise from this weekend? Oh, gosh, that's very broad. A lot of confirmed official visitors for the Champion Barbecue. I mean, that should surprise no one. Full list thus far over at OUinsider.com. There are a few guys that aren't OVing on the Champion Barbecue weekend, but will OV at some point. Uh, Casey Poe is OVing at the end of July, a four-star interior offensive lineman out of East Texas. Jason Zandamella. Four-star offensive guard. I believe he actually plays center, now that I think about it. Interior offensive lineman as well. Uh, He's going to take an official visit with Oklahoma on June 9th, and OU's in very good position there, very quietly. Uh, Weston Davis, three-star offensive tackle out of the state of Texas. He's going to be visiting June 9th as well. And, man, I'm trying to think who else. There are a few here and there that are visiting on June 9th. There are a few here and there that are taking officials on other weekends. But the majority of OU's official visitors this summer will be on that Champion Barbecue weekend. What I need to clarify is that it is not yet clear whether Will Nuaneri is going to visit June 9th or whether he's going to visit June 16th. You recall I mentioned last week on the air that Tennessee and Oklahoma are both vying to get him on campus on the 16th. One is going to get him that weekend. The other will get him the weekend prior on June 9th. It is not yet clear which because <laughs> Steve Wilfong of 24-7 Sports put out a report yesterday that Nwaneri was visiting Tennessee on the 9th and Oklahoma on the 16th. And then Wilfong's counterpart at On3, Chad Simmons, put out a report that said, no, he's visiting Oklahoma on the 9th and Tennessee on the 16th. And ah, so naturally okay. – you don't see two guys who are that good at their job and have that much stature and that type of reputation nationally put out within hours reports that directly conflict with one another. Yeah, like that, that is unusual. So, from what I can gather, having talked to folks around Lee Summit North this morning, is that Nwaneri has not yet decided when he's going to visit Tennessee and when he's going to visit Oklahoma, whether one or the other is going to be on the 9th or the 16th. And so I... I kind of get the feeling that maybe he felt obligated to be definitive when talking to two guys as highly regarded in the industry as Chad Simmons and Steve Wilfong. And so I, 
basically just kind of hedged his bets, I think, as he gets things completely figured out here. But he's going to OV to Oklahoma on one of the two weekends, and he will OV to Tennessee on the other of the two weekends. It is not yet clear which will be which. Okay. Uh, anything happening? You you mentioned uh, first hour about what's going on with Bryant Wesco, and I'm sure people may want to know about that again if they weren't turned in uh, tuned in first hour. Bryant Wesco isn't going to OV with Oklahoma in the month of June. And <laughs> in talking to a source this morning, a very well placed source on Bryant Wesco, the the logic is. Well, he's up at Oklahoma so often that the family wants him to get out and be able to take some free trips to other schools and see the sights before he commits. But OU still leads there. Not really worried about this point in time. I mean, Michael Hawkins said at the Rivals camp in Dallas last week, he said, look, I talk to Bryant Wesco darn near every single day, and I'm pretty sure that kid's going to commit to OU. So... The Sooners feel good about where they stand with Wesco, regardless of what his visit plans are. And the sisters' soccer situation still up in the air? What's the word there? Yes. I don't pretend to be a soccer insider. Mm -hmm. I do not know the specifics of that situation, but yes. Sisters and girlfriends are very important. They've got to be kept happy. Uh, well, in life in general, and certainly in recruiting situations. Wasn't uh, Tassilia Kana's sister at Texas? Yes. And where yes, did he end was. up? He ended up at Texas. Okay. We need to get the Nixons to go serenade the sister with the song Sister. And we'll see because you've got to use every advantage you have. It's very important. Uh, Colin Claremore asks, Parker, are we still recruiting Aaron Flowers? Yes, the Sooners are still trying to flip Aaron Flowers. They're still trying to flip Peyton Pierce. So, those two guys are two that Oklahoma has not backed off of, despite the fact that Flowers has committed to Oregon and Pierce has committed to Ohio State. Sooners not going down without a fight there. Now, they get one or the other back on campus, that's about the point at which you can start to take things seriously. But as of right now, it's really just keeping the communication flowing. And that's about all you can say with regard to those two situations right now. All right, uh, Dylan Riola committing to Georgia. That happened earlier today. It started looking like uh, it was moving in that direction, and now it looks, well, it's official. Uh, not totally official until he signs on the dotted line, but what does that mean? I'm, I'm glad that uh, wasn't Mule Shoe a possibility there for a while, or at least in the running, maybe not the serious running? He was in the running, yes, very much so. But well, was, we, we want the Mule Shoe organization to fall apart. Absolutely. It's not going to happen for a while. But, uh, you know, Mule Shoe is the quick fix guy. So hopefully that foundation will crumble down the road. But as for now, it's kind of like the guy who gets by with the shady business deals, you know. And you just think, God, man, this dude is cutting every corner. Is it ever going to catch up with him? And usually it does. So there you go. Colin Claremore also asks, have you changed your mind about the ref army coming to your wedding? Look, if y'all want to show up, I'm not opposed to it. I just can't feed you. So don't get in line for food. But if you want to show up, by all means, do so. Hold a sparkler. A sparkler, yes. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, that's what I hear. Weddings that take place in the evening. Mm-hmm. 
for the send off. Everybody's got the sparklers. Can I light a Roman candle at yours? I mean, if you want to, just don't point it at anybody. What if one of the aggregators shows up? Okay, then you can point it at them. Point it at them. So, anyway, I remember we were so stupid as kids. You know, you would get a Coke bottle and you'd put, you know, one of the, uh, what do they call them? The ones that take off, not the Roman, but just the little things, like a black cat on the end of a stick or whatever. Okay. And you would put it in the Coke bottle and, of course, light it and point it at one of your buddies. (laughs) And, uh, of course, that's how we would go down to the river or whatever, have battles like that. Luckily, nobody got their eyes shot out, though. There were a lot of warnings about getting your eyes shot out, just like Ralphie got in the Christmas story, but it never happened. So there you go. Okay, break time right here. Go to have you with us. Jesse Crittenden is going to join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Coming up next, we'll talk Silver softball and more when we get back. Great to have you on the uh, text line today, filling it up again on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. The Ref Army always comes through. Coming right back. Keep it here. Jesse uh, Crittenden joining us, OUinsider.com, part of the Rivals Network now, and just passed his initiation, I'm sure, with the uh, folks at OU Insider. There was no doubting his ability, but uh, the final test is when you don't remind Jesse that today's 135, because I had sent reminders, and today I'm like, well, I think Jesse will get this. Let's see. And he did. He passed with flying colors, so it's he's officially – uh, now part of the ref and OU Insider. Congratulations, Jesse. Job well done. Outstanding. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I th- I figured it was coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I certainly didn't. I certainly didn't mind the reminders, but I thought, you know, one day it was coming, and I kept my head on a swivel. So I was proven correct, and I'm glad I passed. There you go. Okay. Um, you know, we we sit here and we talk about, you know, Oklahoma's got this NCAA championship. There's no doubt they're going to win the College World Series, and they are the overwhelming favorites. Um, you know, clearly they're the best team in the country. Um, and, again, do I think they're going to win it? I do. But you run into a hot pitcher. You have an off day. There are things that can happen that can prevent this. But how are you feeling? You've been covering this team for a while now. How are you feeling about this team's chances and what it would take for them to actually not win this thing? Yeah, I mean, I, same as you. I mean, I think same as as pretty much everybody else. I mean, the OU is and should be. Uh, I mean, the the heavy favorite going into the playoffs. And Patty Gasso will tell you that. I mean, her her players love these expectations. They love that this is what people expect of them, and that's that's really what drives them is is those expectations. However, I think it's always important to remember that. And Patty Gass was talking about that too. That that uh, I mean, they they make things look easy sometimes, or a lot of the time they make things look easy. But it's it's not always that easy. And and you know, not to take for granted what OU softball has done, particularly this year. And I think this year, if you really look at the body of work um, that they've put in, both offensively and defensively, it, it's it, they've certainly got an argument for for one of the best softball teams of all time. And obviously, there's still some time to go. I think reasons to be confident in OU softball would be their, you know, their pitching staff uh, really might be the best Patty Gasso's ever had, and of course, um, it, you know, it's it's that offense. And you know, I think reasons to be, uh, you know, if, if if there is any reason why they lose, it's it's honestly tough to see it from now. 
but this team, you know, is capable of losing. They lost, you know, they lost the game at the World Series last year, um, which isn't very much. But I mean, they are capable of losing. But it's it's going to be as tough of a task for every team in the country to try to beat them multiple times. I think that's the tough part, and I think it's them, it's their championship to lose. Does it make it more fun or does it make it less fun when Oklahoma's on the type of roll that they're on right now, Jesse? And everybody just kind of considers it a foregone conclusion that OU's going to take home the national title. I mean, even as a fan, right, you show up and you want to see some competition. You want to see your team win, no doubt. But at a certain point, do you start to get a little bored of run real victories? Is that even a thing? No, for me, honestly, I think that that would certainly be possible with almost any other team, right? I mean, this is uh, OU softball is dominating in recent years, unlike almost any team or anything we've ever seen in any sport. That's certainly true, and I think I think if this were almost any other sport or any other team, that'd be the case. But I think OU softball has this unique ability to make dominating really, really fun to watch, and I think I think the reason is not every game is the same. I mean, I think everybody. Uh, thinks about you know how dominant OU's offense has been for quite some time, including this season. But even uh, Mike White, uh, the Texas coach, talked about it over the weekend when you know when OU beat them in the championship game. Defense is really uh, is just as big of a calling card for them as their offense is. And I think you know you look at this past weekend at, at the Big 12 tournament. They you know they they run rule Iowa State. And, you know both both. You know, offense and defense were clicking, and against Texas, it took that offense a little bit to get going. I mean, they were they were trailing uh, in the bottom of the fourth inning. But I think what this OU softball team does, they not only do they find different ways to win almost every game. You know, the offense is either rolling or the pitching staff and the defense, uh, you know, drives them to a win. And or I mean, they just they they. They're just a fun team to watch. I think the personalities on the team, the players on the team, the way Patty Gasso coaches, I think all of that's fun, and I think that's part of what makes them exciting is despite how dominant they've been, they're they're still as fun to watch as they've ever been. Yeah, they play with such passion, the chatter throughout the game. You know, the, the, some people that may annoy some people, I think it's great. They're so energetic, uh, you know, and plus they're just classy girls off the field too. They – they're just—they've got everything going on, and Patty is responsible for that. You know, it's interesting, Jesse. You brought up that Patty has talked about not necessarily pressure, but not wanting to let down Sooner fans. And you know, and and I'm sure some other college softball coaches would say, "Boo-hoo! Look at the lineup and the pitching staff she has." But the expectation when you get to this level and you go into a season, it's like if you don't win it all, the season's a disappointment in some way. And that is a lot to handle. And this, again, is the product of years of hard work and a philosophy. And it, it's just not automatic that you do this. And I don't know, like I said, I think that Patty, if you read, you know, some of your stuff or the Eric Bailey story recently kind of talked about that, that, you know, the pressure is I don't, I don't want to let the Sooner fans down. It's, it's almost in a way like she's saying – you know, this isn't normal <laughs> that it that it's going, you know, this well. Yes, we had hoped it would, but it's really not a normal thing. No, it's it's really not. And and the fact that they run like a well oiled machine, like the way they do it half for the last few years, that isn't something that just happens. It's it requires a focus and a dedication and an ability to deliver 
uh, every game that that not every team or almost any other team simply can't can't do quite like OU softball. And I think it's important to remember too that this isn't like you mentioned. This is obviously years of hard work, but I mean this even for OU softball, this is new. I mean Patty Gasso got her first championship in 2000 and didn't get you know the next one until 2013. Now obviously the team has been uh, had some really good years in between those two championships, but this isn't. I mean. This this run of dominance really is the work of of a long time where there were years that they were really good and, and maybe didn't win and that's even happened in the last five to ten years so I think all of that being said is is part of what makes this run special and I mean especially in college athletics it is just incredibly rare to see a team you know find ways to to bring in new players every year and, and sustain this kind of excellence. And, yeah, I think to your point about expectations, I think in some ways that that could make uh, players or that could make a team almost exhausted or it would be easy to wilt under that pressure. But I think they thrive on those expectations. I think they know they're a big reason why college softball has grown as a sport. I think they know the fans in Norman and the fans of OU softball are a big reason why it's growing, and I think they want to keep that going and deliver on that. So I think those expectations are something that, that really drives them. Let me ask you to project a few years, heck, maybe a decade into the future, Jesse. This is a little bit of a tougher question, and I'll acknowledge that, but Patty Gasler's not going to coach forever. That much is evident. And she's not necessarily in the twilight of her career, but getting up there in age, and there's going to come a point in time at which she has to pass the torch. What do you think needs to be done and what can be done on Patty Gasso's end to help set Oklahoma up as the dominant force in college softball even after she retires? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question and a really tough question. I think the thing that's always important to note is, uh, you know, obviously I, I think in some ways the job Patty Gasso has done and, and, you know, with the way these players are able to deliver – game in game out there there absolutely needs to be so much uh there's so much praise heaped upon the players for their ability to 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 go out and play every game and have the success they've had so much uh they need they deserve so much praise for that but they're patty gasso has done so much um for this program and and the success they're having now is a direct result of, of years of work from patty gasso so all that being said I think in I think in some ways it's it's possible for a program like OU softball, uh, you know, assuming the transition to the next to the next era is done well, that that the that the foundation that has been set by Patty Gasso and her you know nearly 30 years at OU, uh, that that can just carry through. But at the same time, Patty Gasso deserves so much success, or so much of the praise as well, and I think that's going to be that's going to be really interesting to see eventually when that happens, how that transition happens. So I think I think. For I mean, for that success to continue, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be something that um, that Patty Gasso, Patty Gasso is not gonna leave the program short sighted. And again, I don't know I don't think she has any plans necessarily anytime soon to leave. But this is not something that Patty Gasso is going to be short sighted about. I think that the transition is gonna be something she thinks about a lot. I think it's something that she's already probably thinking about. And I think and I, and I think Patty Gasso I, I think. Fans can be confident in whatever that next era looks like because Patty Gasso is going to be uh, in charge of what that looks like. And I think if, if Patty Gasso has earned anything, it's the confidence that that uh, overseeing that transition is something she can handle. And I think it's something that not only whether it's picking out a new coach or finding a new coaching staff, but also getting players adjusted and getting players prepared for that transition. 
I think Patty Gasso can handle all of that, and I think that's something that fans can know that that's something that's probably already on her mind and something she'll be thinking about long before it happens. Sounds very Bob Stoops-esque, Steely. Hopefully whoever she hands the torch off to isn't Mule Shoe. No, no, no. That man's never sooting foot in the state. We've got the... uh... You know, we've got the uh, sensor, what do they call it, the prisoners have to wear on the ankle, an ankle monitor. Whenever uh-huh. he comes into the state of Oklahoma, he'll immediately be arrested. So, anyway. All right, Jesse, great stuff. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next Monday. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Jesse Crittenden, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> what would the charges be? Betrayal of the University of Oklahoma and its fans? Treason. Yeah, basically Benedict Arnold is what we're talking here. No doubt. By the way, a million people said bottle rockets. I'm sorry. Yes, clearly they were they were bottle rockets. You, you remember that black kid you put in a bowl of, bottle of soda pop? What was it? Jeez. <laughs> I'm telling you, old's coming for all of you, too, down the road. And uh, some days you have the dial-up internet. Sometimes you're wired right in. Today, dial-up is taking over quite a bit. I mean, we so. heard the sound effect right at the beginning of the show. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, which is that's that's my dial-up internet recalibrating is what it is. All right, break time right here. Mike Steely Parker Thune with you. The old ring of fire. It's where Mule Shoe belongs, right? See ya. It was a great weekend out at Riverwind Casino. They gave away a bunch of cash and bonus play in addition to the uh, jackpots. That they give away. Cash and bonus play in the 15K momentous occasions promotion. A lot of uh, patrons left very happy winning a bunch of catch and bonus play, including uh, two lucky grand prize winners who each won uh, $1,500, which is a heck of a deal. Riverwind, over 2,800 electronic games. They have the best games, the best bars and dining, best hotel, also best service, the renovation Almost completely done. It looks absolutely fantastic. They have all your favorite table games there as well, including a great poker room, November 7 promotion, where you can earn up to $450 in one day in that promotion by getting your very own Riverwind wild card. won't cost you a thing. And you can win some of these great promotions like a bunch of people did Saturday nights in uh, the 15K Momentous Occasions promotion at Riverwind. We've got shows coming back to the Showplace Theater. We also have May 27th for the first Beats and Bites show. 38 special in Blue Oyster Cult. That will be happening again May 27th. Beats and Bites 2023 gets underway. Presented by Coop Aleworks. Get your tickets online at Riverwind.com. They're only 10 bucks a piece. Heck of a deal. Bring your folding chairs. Bring the kids. It's a kid-friendly environment. You'll have all the food choices you can handle right there. All the food choices that you can handle with all the best local food trucks as well. And again, the Showplace Theater, we're back up and running with concerts in the Showplace Theater beginning June 23rd with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Another reason why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. All right, 405-651-3439. I have a conspiracy theory that Dave Aranda was born in a lab in Roswell, New Mexico. Could be. I've always said he's half human. He's a cyborg. By the way, that came from the text line, just to be clear. What did I it say? Was somebody, well, you just went right into oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It yeah, sounded yeah, as yeah, if yeah, you, were the, you were the one who had that conspiracy. Brain wires are very just, crossed today. Yes, I just want to make sure that we're all clear on the fact that that conspiracy theory came from a listener in the 918, not Steely's head. <laughs> yeah. As we know, 
Mm -hmm. Individuals in general are far more prone to believing and propagating conspiracy theories as their age increases. Yes. But Steely is not a conspiracy theorist yet. I'm really not. But, yeah, it's uh, some, some wires are crossed today. I asked somebody today, is there anybody here who knows CPR when I pass out in here one day well the oh, guy you, across the oh you photo guy yes yeah the guy across the hall is an eagle scout so he may save my life one day oh you photo guy well i don't know cpr so if it's got to be one or the other you better hope mark's here because i can't help you steely i know cpr if you knew it i would be very afraid of bad breath in that situation <laughs> that's the kind of human i am like wait can i do this oh my god good lord you know <laughs> I think I could probably pull through if I knew CPR, but I'm not going to lie. That would be maybe my second thought. Number one, we got to save this guy. Number two, what kind of breath does he have? Does that make me a horrible human? Probably. I mean, if that's what you're thinking about when someone's dying, then well, I, I don't know if it makes you a horrible human. I, just, I don't know if you have your priorities straight. Yeah, probably not. I just cost us an OAB award, didn't I, with that comment? Sooner Gundy says you can do breathless CPR, LOL. You got to do the... <laughs> I always think of the Office episode. <laughs> oh, the air comfort. Uh, dang it. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is having some fun with this. Yes, yes, they are. You don't what want me that? trying to save your life. Let's just say that. Okay? Oh, yeah. it's No, so my, Michael Scott gets I will survive confused with staying alive. That's what it is. <laughs> I didn't see that episode. Sounds like a good one. All right, 405-651-3439. Is, by the way, our uh, streaming right now, I decided I was going to go back and watch all of Better Call Saul straight through because there were so the interruptions were way too much. So I decided... We're going to go straight through with this thing. And, of course, it is absolutely brilliant. And I'm not so sure that Mike Ehrmantraut is not the best character. He's so good. They're all good. But straight through helps. You know, it used to be season one, then 24 months later, and then life gets in the way. And you're like, oh, I'll catch up with it later. It's hard to do that. But now we're committed. I'm doing that with the blacklist right now. It's the only show I've been watching for the last two, three months. Oklahoma Johnny says, you're okay there, Steely. Standard CPR is chest compressions only now. Okay, well, I could save somebody then. What were you watching? I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, it was The Blacklist. That's the you show like, that I'm James Spader? Oh, man. Good? So good. Have you watched it? I haven't. You know, it's been in the warming up in the bullpen a couple times, but I've never called it into the game so they're they're in the middle of the last season right now so my goal is the 10th and final season is the one that's airing right now my goal is to catch up in time to be able to watch the last couple episodes live on tv i'm halfway through season eight right now so i gotta plow through the second half of season eight all of season nine and then what has already been released from season 10 on your recommendation We'll uh, put James Fader in the bullpen. It's riveting television, Steely. Okay. It is outstanding. All right. 
All right, we got to get out of here. Want to thank our friends at uh, Riverwind Casino, of course, and a thank you to Dr. Bellardo and Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Appreciate them very much. Appreciate you guys in the Ref Army. Thank you for your text today on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Locked in, coming up next.